Amazing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and I have nothing going on. Usually I have like a fun little story to tell up top, but no, no, we're that far into winter of a pandemic that is lasting almost a year long that I got no stories. I mean, I guess... I guess I did get my voice back, even though I picked up a fresh haul of candles from the Bath and Body Works sale. I am not pivoting to candle influencer. I promise. I'm just not going to any theme parks right now, and they basically just shut down all of California. So this is all I have. Just me talking to my husband, who could care less about different candle scents in exchange for him, talking to me and making me listen to things about sports like Le'Veon Bell. Don't know who he is, but I know his name because it's said on the TV every week because this is all we have. Basically, we need our friends back. We need our friends back. This has been going on for too long. We need to be able to see other people because I'm basically talking to a wall about candles. Oh my God, that's literally what I'm doing right now. I am just recording a podcast alone in a room talking about candles. Woo, 2020 just never lets up. Now, we'll get into all things theme parks later in this episode and in the news section and beyond, but essentially, I just wanted to let you know up top that I am thrilled to hear the positive, or well, like not outrightly negative, reaction to Shrek Sember, our month-long advent calendar of unhinged green mania. If you imagine Shrek Sember in lights when you say it out loud, so do I, so do I. So, you know, it's just like a little advent calendar. You open up a wee little door to find, whoop, yet another story about Shrek that nobody needed, but is excited to devour regardless. However, it is nice to know sometimes that even your heroes are just as mixed up as you are, which I learned this week. Take Jesse Klein, one of the all-time greatest comedians who stars on Big Mouth and is a writer and producer on so many shows, including Transparent and Dead to Me and Black Monday. Jesse was on NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me podcast this weekend, and she said this. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you've ever seen, like, Lady and the Tramp, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever been, like, slightly attracted to, like, a cartoon dog? And to the Robin Hood fox and the Robin Hood fox. (laughs) All right, that's all I had to say. Oh, yeah. I tweeted an excerpt of it earlier this week, but in one chapter of her book, her sister gets married at Disney World and... Not to spoil either the story or any children's minds, but she mentions how she's always had a bit of a crush on Tigger, admiring his barrel chest and upbeat approach to life. So maybe taking an entire month to convince a theme park audience that Shrek is Jewish and worth as much attention as Mickey Mouse and Santa combined isn't such a bizarrely Herculean effort. I'm feeling a little bit better about it, even as I feel slightly worse and worse planning out everything that you will all be listening to later this month. So just to bring it full circle, this week's episode is all about how the sun never sets on Shrek. It's probably going to be a little bit shorter than other weeks, but that's only to leave ample time to prepare you mentally for what will likely be next week's episode. So more on that soon. News is up next, and then we'll get into the massive global appeal and the many, many ways you can experience our favorite holiday mascot, the lovable ogre, Shrek. Things are pretty quiet on the theme park news front this week. That is, if you ignore the entire state of California, where theme park Christmas is effectively canceled. 
Due to state-mandated stay-at-home orders, outdoor dining is temporarily kaput in Los Angeles and Orange Counties. Universal City Walk, which was already forced to close outdoor dining due to a countywide mandate, has already closed a handful of eateries and shifted back to doing takeout only at just a small handful of restaurants. With the statewide mandate, which is tied to ICU bed availability as coronavirus reaches new peaks in California, comes the cancellation of Knott's Taste of Mary Farm dates through December 26th. And shortly after it reopened, dining at Disney California Adventures, Buena Vista Street. Yes, just after fans snapped up Carthay Circle Lounge reservations, it has been closed through at least Christmas time, along with award wieners, smoke jumpers, and a handful of downtown Disney restaurants. Some of those downtown Disney locations, like Salt and Straw and Ballast Point, will continue to offer takeout, which must be consumed off-premises. But all Disney-owned and operated locations have shut back down, and retail stores, which do remain open, are limited to 20% capacity. As you may already know, the opening of the villas at Disney's Grand Californian Hotel was also delayed. The DVC rooms would have opened this past weekend with not much to do besides sitting at new walls that aren't the ones you've been staring at all year. But alas, those dates have been delayed and no reopening details have yet been announced. But there is still the teeniest, tiniest sliver of theme park goodness to be had. Universal Hollywood City Walk's Wizarding World of Harry Potter Sweets and Treats stand will remain open for takeaway snacks and butterbeer. And at Disneyland, Marceline's Confectionery and Trolley Treats on Buena Vista Street will too remain open, as both are considered to be retail locations. It's a small, tiny little speck of what theme park fans are used to around the holidays, but at least it's something. There's not too much worth diving into otherwise, unless it's the very cool Euro Disney reissue sweatshirt sold overseas and not here and I cannot get my hands on for anything less than a three-digit price tag, or the very exciting early looks at Velocicoaster, the Jurassic World-themed ride opening at Universal's Islands of Adventure in 2021. Head to Alicia Stella's Twitter account to look at some early videos of it because, oh my gosh, that ride is going to be a major moment for Universal Orlando next year. And I cannot wait to have my body be filled to the top with that coronavirus vaccine and scream my head off from the front row of this absolutely phenomenal seeming coaster safely. So that's all we got for news this week. Stick around for another Shrek-tastic edition of Shrek-sember. Hanukkah is almost upon us. The Festival of Lights begins at sundown on Thursday night. And my Hanukkah gift to you is that this week's episode is not about Shrek being Jewish. I got a few calls from people who were so excited to learn about Hanukkah in such an absolutely bonkers way, which I appreciate and am glad for. So if you're one of those people, stick around for the Churros Hotline section of the pod and there will be even more shenanigans for you. But... This week, we are moving beyond if Shrek may or may not have been bar mitzvahed in a swamp and will graduate to a larger, further-reaching topic, Shrek's lasting worldwide legacy. As you've seen in this podcast title, the sun never sets on Shrek. It's not a euphemism or a long, drawn-out comparison to him being as integral to our life on planet Earth as the cycle of night and day, but more a reference to his everlasting yet rarely discussed global fame, and brand recognition. 
Many of us are only familiar with Shrek's appearances at Universal Parks in Orlando and Hollywood, but there's so much out there. And so little is said of his far reach to the furthest kingdoms of the world. So this week, in honor of our Hanukkah hero Shrek, we're going to dive into the big green guy's global presence. I touched on this last week in relation to Mickey Mouse, but I'm out here prepared and ready to argue that Shrek is just as influential and important. That big cheese over at Disney has but one namesake attraction, which many people have not been able to ride yet. But Shrek? From New Jersey water slides to an entire land in Singapore, this dude is low-key partying around the world all night and all day. They've both won Academy Awards, yes, and both Mickey and Shrek have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and while I'm unable to accurately confirm if Shrek is indeed more famous or recognizable globally than Mickey Mouse, by the end of this episode, I think you'll be more than convinced of his continent-spanning grip on unexpected fandom by way of amusement and theme parks. So, Come with me as we travel the world and go to International Shrek School, exploring some of the very best attractions that have continued the wonderful legacy of our heroic ogre, Shrek. We begin, of course, stateside. If you've ever been exposed to Shrek's fantastical appearance within a theme park, it's likely been at Universal Studios Hollywood or Florida with Shrek 4D, the interactive theater attraction playing a 12-minute long Shrek short film set between the first and second theatrical releases. There's a storied past to Shrek 4D that is researched brilliantly by Yesterworld, which I'll link to in the show notes. In that incredibly detailed video, they discuss how the stars of Shrek, namely Cameron Diaz, Mike Myers, and Eddie Murphy, renegotiated their contract for Shrek 2 to major pay bumps, and as part of that contract, were required to participate in the short film featured in Shrek 4D, which is done to the caliber of the actual movie, especially given that there's full talent involvement across the board. It's an attraction many of us know and debatably love, or don't, <sighs> mostly don't, if we're being honest, but regardless of your feelings about Shrek's theme park presence or waiting in a queue to sit in a rumbly-jumbly theater seat, the short film featured in Shrek 4D spans much further globally than you might anticipate. It not only debuted at Universal Parks Worldwide, but it also had an international run at two non-Universal locations, Movie Park Germany and Warner Brothers Movie World. The attraction has since closed at both parks, as well as at Universal Studios Hollywood, where it has been replaced with DreamWorks Theater, a more genre-spanning thematic location that currently houses an upgraded and actually very good Kung Fu Panda film. But Shrek 4D still plays to blissful audiences in Orlando, in Osaka, Japan, and at Universal Studios Singapore, where there is an entire land, an entire land, dedicated to Shrek. Far, far away land is a fairy tale kingdom home to Fiona, Shrek's wife, which has an absolutely massive castle, multiple shops and small experiences like a tiny donkey-themed coaster, and of course, Shrek 4D. And so much good merch. I was watching a lot of YouTube videos of it, and honestly, there's so much. It's great. The experience is essentially the same in Florida, Osaka, and Singapore. But if you've never had the chance to visit any of those three, you can actually see Shrek 4D right now on Netflix. 
It's been repackaged as The Ghost of Lord Farquaad, part of the DreamWorks Spooky Stories anthology. And if you, like me, have only seen it in a theme park, it does something real weird to your brain to just be a foot away from it on a small computer screen and not in a very large room at a theme park. This is where most folks' exploration into Shrekdom ends, but there is really so much more out there. So to start with the latest and greatest, we're going to virtually jet over to Dubai. Mickey Mouse doesn't have a theme park presence in the Middle East, but you know who does? Our favorite mud-slathered curmudgeon. Motiongate Dubai's indoor DreamWorks area has portals to different themed lands, and Shrek's is nothing short of a delight. Step underneath a cloud fresco ceiling painting and enter a miniature world where rustic details abound. Stone walls and rope-tied wooden railings separating queues remind you you're not at a theme park, you're home, now that you're with Shrek. Waltz over to the space beneath a tree and you'll find Shrek's merry fairy tale journey. It's here that you'll enter a storybook world where the tale of how Shrek and Fiona met is told in the surprising form of a heartwarming puppet show. Board a trackless ride vehicle, yes, this ride is trackless, with two rows and embark on a journey through a dark ride that's all about how life began down at the swamp. I've mentioned it before, but it's generally somewhat frowned upon to make a ride from a movie and have it merely be a book report. But here, that aesthetic is done brilliantly with the retelling of the film in animatronic marionette form. Yes, robot marionette form. Ogre, princess, puppets. It's incredible. This is the story of how your mother and I met. Once upon a time in a land far, far away, there was a beautiful swamp. It was full of mud and slime and bugs and snakes and all the things that would make it an ogre's home sweet home. Better than I always say. I did not know how badly I needed to be in a trackless ride vehicle breezing by an animatronic Shrek, tied up with strings, farting in a fake mud pit, and now I need to get myself to Dubai immediately? I've always been waiting for, I don't know, a work-related excuse to visit, but I will be doing a world tour of these parks immediately once this pandemic ends to see this seven-minute-long, seven-minute-long, seven-minute-long journey through the first Shrek film. If that sounds like too much Shrek for you, (laughs) big mistake. But also there is a family-friendly spinning ride called Swamp Celebration that is halfway between a pirate ride and a spinner, making this quite possibly the fairest Shrek land of them all. We're going to take a quick break, but after this, we'll head underground and underwater with our favorite green glorious gentleman. uttered the words Genie Plus knows firsthand that vacations require time, money, planning, energy. And if you put all that effort into enjoying your trip already, why not extend the highlights of that getaway into your everyday with FrameBridge? Put that vintage Epcot ticket up in your office and give it a little personality. Surprise your kid with their favorite character's autograph immortalized on the wall of their room. 
Framebridge makes it so easy and affordable to custom frame any photo, park map, or even cocktail napkin from a theme park hotel bar in just minutes. You can mock up exactly what it'll look like on their website before you even spend a dime. Things ship fast and they ship for free, and their colorful custom framing means they'll not only help you plan your gallery wall, but make sure your place looks cooler than the interiors of that mid-century modern home within Spaceship Earth. I love the mementos I framed with Framebridge so much that I rearranged my entire office so I can enjoy them daily. This is not a bit. This is this is true life. They're the backdrop to my podcast Zoom interviews, my Instagram stories, and even the goofy photos we take of Pearl tip-tapping away at my keyboard like she's a miniature employee. Too often, our favorite memories of a vacation are tucked inside our phone or shoved within a drawer, and it thrills me to no end that because of Framebridge, I can finally be surrounded by my memories. Framebridge makes custom framing easy, affordable, and enjoyable. And on top of that, their happiness guarantee ensures that no matter what, you'll wind up with something you love. To get started, head to framebridge.com, because your precious travel memories shouldn't have to stay in the past. That's framebridge.com. Welcome back! Grab your passports and remember back to a time when international travel was possible, because we're heading to London! Let's hop on the tube, take it to Westminster Station, and walk towards the complex at the London Eye to visit DreamWorks Tours, Shrek's Adventure. It's here that you'll board a 4D flying bus and enter the world in the many locations of Shrek's universe. It's not a ride, but more of a theatrical attraction with audience interaction and a lot of actor participants along the way. Animated characters appear through crystal balls, magic mirrors, and projected displays, while details like stained glass windows with a cartoonish take on Shrek's likeness and a scene with Pinocchio's nose growing in real time bring the story to life in a totally different way than at the parks or even within the film. At the end, Shrek's adventure culminates in a Shrek meet and greet, and while it's a cool take on the traditional exhibit, oh boy, is it extremely difficult to describe in an audio format. I guess if I had to explain, Shrek's adventure is more like immersive theater, kind of like if Sleep No More was themed to tourists taking a day trip to Duloc. And also if you didn't wear those freaky white masks, and I guess also if you visited locations from the film, like a fairy tale village pub, and if the magic mirror was there. And again, it's very cool, but I'm now realizing it's just fruitless to explain it aloud. So we may have to move on, but I will absolutely go to this on a future post-pandemic trip to London and report back. Because remember, Shrek's Ember does not end in 2020, my friends. Shrek's Ember will go on for years and years and years. Let's hop back to America for one final destination, one that happens to be within our country's own borders. Shrek's reach extends far beyond theme parks and whatever Shrek's adventure is to DreamWorks Water Park in East Rutherford, New Jersey. This indoor water park opened year-round at American Dream Shopping Mall, otherwise known to native East Coasters as Xanadu, has Shrek like we've never seen him before. Have you ever wanted to splish-splash in a heated chlorine pool open 365 days a year beneath a shirtless, grotesque ogre? Because you're in luck! You can take in the world's grandest sight, an enormous, bare-chested Shrek in a bathing suit floating above the world's largest indoor wave pool. 
Clocking in at one and a half acres, the Far Far Bay Wave Pool is not the only Shrek-themed aquatic activity you'll be taking part in. That is, if you care to join the Forbidden Waters Hot Tub or the Shrek-tastic portion of the bubbly lazy river. I am extremely bitter that this was not one bus ride away while I lived in New York City because I would have loved going to this and waving upwards at the big Shrek and then sleeping in my own bed instead of flying to Florida and immediately trying to hit Typhoon Lagoon before it closed, especially now that I know a famous Jewish man has a public presence at this place. And also, Typhoon Lagoon is not permanently closed. I just meant closed for the day because you're flying in, you got a lot to do. You know what I'm talking about. There are other locations Shrek is seen at worldwide, as well as, wow, the number of knockoff Shreks I accidentally came across while putting this episode together is shocking. But all in all, you can catch this ogre on land, in water, in cities, in lands of his own, at a massive tourist complex, in Osaka, and even in a Dubai theme park. Shrek's reach knows no bounds. A lot of people may know who Mickey Mouse is, but I think Shrek is giving him a run for his money. He's Shrek. He is everywhere. And his reach, as if Shrek Semper would not make it clear, is undeniable. So with that, happy Hanukkah, Shrek. We wish you all the best. Carly, this is Emily uh, from Texas calling again. I called in a few weeks ago um, with some comments about Disney Hanukkah merch. And so I have a part two on that message uh, because I finally got to see the Disney Hanukkah merch from this year. And it's the same thing. It's still just like linens and plates. And come on, we are in the year 2020. And you know, over the past couple of years, there's been lots of companies that have gotten better with their Hanukkah merch. Shout out to Target for having fantastic Hanukkah uh, clothing, um, just merchandise, everything. But it really seems that Disney has actually moved backwards in terms of their um, Hanukkah merchandise, their line or whatever. Um, for example, uh, I know for my first Hanukkah, um, the year I was born in 1990-whatever, I don't want to say, um, I got this really nice Winnie the Pooh menorah, and it's somewhere uh, in my family's storage somewhere, uh, and so now it's going to be, like, considered, like, an heirloom collectible thing in mine. And when you Google to find any Disney menorahs, they're, like, hundreds of dollars because they have not been made since the 1990s. I know we're a minority and uh, all that, but, you know, anything uniquely Hanukkah that I know my family sees and a lot of people I know um, see, you know, we buy that up. We love that <laughs> because, you know what, we don't get a lot of that. And uh, so I just, you know, want more of your thoughts on terrible, terrible thing. Right there with you, sister. We got multiple calls about Disney's Hanukkah range, or lack thereof, in the past week. I cut this call a bit short, but regardless, there is a horrifying lack of merchandise for Hanukkah at the theme parks. To do my due diligence, I went to see if perhaps they've added anything to the abysmal Hanukkah range since I last checked, and I got zero results. Zero 
not just nothing new, but absolutely nothing. Not a thing for Hanukkah on Disney's website and on Universal's website. Zilch, zero, nothing. Can you imagine if leading up to Christmas there was just nothing? No ornaments? No wreaths? If you stood there desperately wanting to spend money and buy anything Hanukkah, even that cursed tea towel that they bring back year after year that says light laughter and latkes that nobody wants, you couldn't. I've given these parks a pass for so long, but frankly, this is just getting ridiculous. It just shows such an utter lack of care or awareness in the first place to not only sell us home goods like plates and salt and pepper shakers, but on top of that, to have the gall to not sell any of it online at either Universal or Disney's websites during a pandemic. I've never been more glad to have something to celebrate this month with Shrek Ember because I'm just so fed up. To be honest, for years I've given them a pass. I haven't cared that much about this. I understand the audience for Hanukkah merchandise is slim and perhaps it doesn't sell well and have hedged on that for a while. But like, We've seen Derek Bergen's outlet reports on touring plans. We know the absolute dreck that gets made for the parks and winds up in the bargain bin six weeks later. So I'm tired of making excuses that we don't have that many Jews in America or order minimums are high. When y'all are selling an entire land's worth of products that say Alpha Centauri Expeditions, when nobody knows what that is. You know what people know? Hanukkah. So do better. Please, I am begging you to take my money. Other companies have caught on, as this caller and others, like Disney Girl Beauty and British Bell on Instagram, have informed me. Target has stepped it up. Bubble Bar makes menorah earrings. So many small shops have been turning stuff out. My friend Michael of Michael Does Disney even makes menorahs. There's just no excuse for this anymore, and I am absolutely exhausted by it. So Disney, Universal, do better. Do better. Until then, I'll be stocking up on Shrek t-shirts and honoring the only holiday with the only character who seems to possibly honor Hanukkah and its Jewish participants. shrek Sember. Hey, Carly. This is Melina from Florida, the panhandle, not the fun Disney World part of Florida. Um, I just finished listening to your shrek Sember episode, and I've got to say I was so excited to hear you diving into Shrek. My birthday is Monday the 7th, and a couple of months ago, I told my friends that I wanted a Shrek-themed birthday party if the pandemic calmed down. Obviously, it has not calmed down, and I'm not getting my Shrek-themed birthday party, but when I heard your podcast was diving into Shrek, it felt like I was still getting my Shrek party fixed. So thank you so much. I'm so excited to continue listening to your Shrek-themed episodes. Thanks. Enjoying the podcast. Hope you have a great day. Oh my gosh. Happy birthday. I'm so sorry about your Shrek party. What a bummer. I feel terribly that you can't live your most ogre-filled dreams. So in honor of your birthday, here's a little song for you to sing all week long. Happy birthday to me. I'm an ogre and I'm green. I live in a swamp with my wife, Fiona, and my kids, Farkle, Fergus, and Felicia, and I'm happy here in this pile of mud that serves as an allegory for the pale of sediment that Jews lived in many moons ago, but really it's great because when I fart, everyone giggles and it blows bubbles up in the mud. Happy birthday to me. Hope that makes your lack of Shrek festivities a little greener. Thank you for calling. 
Hi, Carly. I absolutely love the idea that Shrek is huge, and I cannot wait for the rest of Shrek Simber. But I have a question. How do you see Shrek being Jewish, Jewish fit into the Christmas special? I don't remember if he is explicit, explicitly celebrating Christmas, um, but I don't know. I just, what do you think? Thanks. Bye. Okay, this is a very, very good question. How does Shrek fit into the Christmas celebrations? So I took the time and watched the specials. And in Donkey Christmas Spectacular, wow, what a name, he doesn't seem thrilled to participate. But he does gleefully sing a song to the tune of Jingle Bells about eating bugs and worms, which feels pretty non-denominational. I can't look too deeply into that one. So I instead turned to Shrek the Halls, an old television special that doesn't appear to be on any streaming networks, but I was able to find it on YouTube. Now, Shrek does celebrate Christmas in his home, according to this program. There are Christmas lights on the outhouse, stockings above the fireplace. But then again, if Shrek is indeed Jewish, he isn't an interfaith marriage. So that would make perfect sense. However, I am watching this bootleg online 360 pixel fuzzy video. And what do I see? At 6 minutes, 42 seconds, Donkey sits down in Shrek's chair to take over the telling of the story of Christmas to Shrek's kids. And as Shrek leans over and says, get out of my chair, a book falls out. And it's a copy of Christmas for Village Idiots. He has a copy of Christmas for Village Idiots on him on Christmas as he's celebrating. And then very quickly after that, the YouTube video version of this cuts off. No explanation. So I can only infer from what I've seen, but clearly Shrek was not raised on the story of Christmas. I, as a Jewish person, was also not raised with the story of Christmas, and I had to learn it from Matt Bomer and Chris Hemsworth reciting it at candlelight processional events at Disney parks. So we'll unpack that another time, that Thor is basically my only pastor. But regardless, Shrek does not no, Christmas. If you are starring in your own Christmas special and you're carrying around a Christmas for Dummies book, feels pretty airtight to me that you're a Jew. Hey, Carly, this is Christina calling from California. Not exactly a question, but I just wanted to call in and say thank you. I just listened to the first half of your, oh, well, today's episode, the shrek Sember episode one. Um, and you just bring such a positive energy. And I'm so sorry that quarantine has been so terrible. We're all in there with you, and thank you for setting such a great example for how everyone should be handling this. It's not easy for anyone, and we're all in this together. Love you. Love the podcast. Bye. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for this call. As all of you know, it's been an extremely weird year to cover theme parks when theme parks near me are unexpectedly closed for almost a year. But while this podcast did have to pivot a bit due to the pandemic, I'm so glad I've been able to take the time and energy to cover some of these stories and do some of these weird things like Shrek Sember and that you all are still on board and enjoying it and digitally spending your time hanging out with me. So thank you. I love the community we've built. I love listening to the Turo phone calls. I love solving your mini mysteries and connecting with you over things like 
theme park cheese. So it's been such a rewarding journey. I have a blast doing it. I think all of you are spectacular. And basically, I'm just so thankful to have the best podcast audience on planet Earth. So thank you. Thank you all so much. Hi, Carly. I love the show. And I have a very important question for you. Do you have any opinions on the best bathrooms at a theme park? I saw a TikTok last night rating the Disney World bathrooms, and I immediately thought of you um, and wanted to know what your thoughts are. Thanks, Carly. Love the show. This is a very important question, and I have a very important answer. I mean this genuinely when I say it. Nothing brings me more joy than you seeing a TikTok ranking bathrooms and immediately thinking of me. I am honored. I am honored. And I thank you. I cannot say that enough. Now, like with most things, you were completely correct. I naturally have the most thoughts about Disney bathrooms. Generally, then none of them are themed enough. None of them. It is disappointing. They should be top to bottom themed. It's not that hard to make a door cute. Another gripe, there are never enough mirrors, or at least like enough of the right type of mirrors. You know what I mean? Sometimes you want to see what your whole body looks like, and you only have that upper one that's like near where the moms with the babies are. Supposedly that's done so that people don't hog the mirrors, which actually I've seen repeatedly happen in some international parks, so there is some merit to that. But do you know how hard it is to keep frizzy hair looking nice and long wear lipstick intact in hot weather? It's impossible. They need more mirrors and more decor. I do have some personal favorites that I prefer to use, like the entryway ones at the right side of Animal Kingdom, the parking lot one at Disneyland Resort, and the Toy Story Land bathroom will always hold a special place in my heart because it was death-defyingly hot out when that land opened, and I'm pretty sure I wrote a story on the floor of that bathroom because I was just trying to survive. But instead of giving you the full list of my favorites, I'm going to instead refer you to a podcast that just launched that specifically answers this question. It's called Stalling with Allison and Malia, and it's perfect. They're going bathroom by bathroom on each episode, and I've been so patiently waiting for it to debut, and I'm so glad it's here. They're both so funny online, and I cannot wait for future episodes, and hopefully to force my way onto one to talk about my most favoriteest bathroom at Disney World, which I'm going to keep in my back pocket for now so I can get on that show. So yes, if you are into bathroom rankings and Disney jokes, definitely check out their podcast. I will put a link in the show notes to it as well. Thank you for calling. That's our show. Thank you all so much for listening. And thank you to the very nice man at SoCal Attractions 360 for allowing me to use their Shrek audio and ask I am certain they get nonstop. Thank you to everyone who listened, supported, and encouraged me to head down the slip and slide that is Shrek-sember. Here's a fun surprise. December has five Wednesdays. Didn't know that when we began, but uh, it's a party. It's a COVID-friendly pandemic virtual podcast party all month long, and we're not going to stop until we fall over or it becomes 2021. Thank you so much also to some of my Shrek industry insiders for letting me fact check some things directly with them very late at night over the weekend. I mean, I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes I just text about Shrek business after drinking a homemade Mai Tai, you know, gotta live a little. 
please rate, review, and subscribe to us everywhere, but especially on Apple Podcasts, because that's the only one my mom uses. Leave us a little review. Tell the world what you like about the podcast. Let them know that you too are like an onion because you have layers. Tell me your life story. Tell me why you love Shrek. Are you more of a Lord Farquaad person? Were you weirdly into Shrek when he becomes a human man in the second film? He's like kind of cute, right? I don't know if they have a word count. I just, just go for it. Leave me a five paragraph essay about human Shrek and why it is a love note to him and his very large yet somehow attractive face. Just embrace the art form, you know, of anonymously leaving reviews for the things you love. It's basically just a more professional version of screaming your love for Shrek out loud, which is currently my favorite sport and the only thing I plan to do in December 2020. You can get more of whatever this is by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Carly Wiesel, join my Facebook group, or subscribe to Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you bonus podcast episodes, a monthly written zine, which I put two full days into. It's my absolute favorite thing. And a weekly blog post style version of our Churros Q&A on this podcast, but with separate new questions and secret answers, because I can be more candid. So come party with us over there this month and all year round. Like I said, monthly subscriptions are five bucks a pop, but you can get the whole year for $50, which is like, is that seven Mickey pretzels? Wow, that's a a really good deal. (laughs) Good thing I'm bad at math. (laughs) Thank you all for joining the Shrek-sember festivities and stay tuned for next week. Our podcast is edited cutely by Jeff Fox. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hi, sweetheart. It's mom. I have to tell you, I love this week's podcast. I posted that really cute picture of you and Shrek. You both looked adorable in it. Okay, we have to talk. Shrek is Jewish. What? This was news to me. I was cracking up like, what? And then I was like, how can that be? But I think Mike Myers is the founder of Shrek or discovered him, and he's Jewish. And then I heard his father's Jewish, so I don't know. Anyway, I love when Ariel said that Shrek got the earwax out for the candles for the menorah for Hanukkah. I was dying. I thought that was so funny. Anyway, I enjoyed listening to Ben and his mom, Sally. They were really cute. So another great week, and I hope to talk to you soon. Well, maybe we can catch up this weekend. I love you. Great episode. Bye.